0: Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for checking into the best Houston sports podcast and joining me as my co-host, a fellow H-Town sports junkie and veteran journalist, Stephen Kerr, 65 plus years in sports journalism between the two of us. The gigantic news from the Rockets Monday, Fred Van Vliet out indefinitely with an abductor strain could be two weeks or it could be months. We don't know, but Stephen, I hate to say I told you so. But me and most Rockets fans saw an injury coming from a mile away with all the minutes Udoka heaped on him.
1: Yeah. How many times have you and I talked about it? And then, of course, you and Sean and, and some of your other Rockets uh, insiders that you have on talked about it. What can you do? You know, there, there's still time at the trade deadline, I guess, to make a move to shore that up. But, you know, it's the fear of the unknown, Robert, that you don't know about. And it's it's definitely a big loss for the Rockets and not just, you know, with the on the court presence and everything else, but just the the leadership, the things that. The young guys were learning from him. You know, that that's just as valuable. And I'm sure he'll still be around the team to some degree. But then again, he's not going to be on the court to kind of be the captain to kind of guide them. So yeah, it, it hurts in so many ways. Van
0: Vliet was sixth in minutes per game in the NBA. Of the five guys ahead of him, only DeMar DeRozan had played more games than Van Vliet. So he was right up there as one of the guys with the most minutes. He was also by far the smallest of those players He was also overused by Nick Nurse with the Raptors the last couple of years. So we knew that going in. And, Stephen, you wonder how long he'd been fighting through this injury because I don't think it's a coincidence that his shooting numbers had fallen off a cliff. In the last 15 games, he shot 31.7% from three, after 40% in the first 32
1: games. No, in fact, I was just about to say that. You know, he started the season on a pretty good roll. His shooting was was sound and, you know, his court sense. But then it's it's like his shot selection – started being off. And then, yeah, he, he certainly missed a lot more shots over the last few weeks. So like you said, you kind of could see it coming, but you kept hoping, well, you know, maybe Udoka can cut back on his minutes once some of the younger guys start developing more. And then, of course, whatever happens at the trade deadline. But nope, a little bit too late for that now.
0: Yeah, and we're recording this prior to Tuesday night's game, the first one without Van Vliet. So the question I want to ask is, and this is without knowing what's going to happen, how they're divvying up the minutes, who's starting. Could this be a blessing in disguise? Yes, it hurts the depth. It may kill the chance at a play-in spot. We'll see. But while Van Vliet was, in my opinion, the most valuable rocket the first two months, Amen Thompson's looked better than him in many ways recently. More dangerous on the fast break, better defensively, way better rebounder, or you could just say he is an actual rebounder (laughs) at that position. And most importantly, Stephen, barring a trade, this forces Udoka to give Amen more minutes,
1: which in turn speeds up his development. Well, that's true. And certainly a man has gosh, you know, talk about we've we've been waiting for something. We've been waiting for a man Thompson to come into his zone and he has certainly done that. You mentioned the rebounding. I mean his passing is getting better too. He had a pass the other night that was just incredible. A blessing in disguise it could very well be because it is going to force as as well as allow young guys like a man to play more. You know, we kept talking about it I think at the beginning of the season Robert uh, Robert or at least as it went on that we need to see more of a man Thompson. We need to see more of a Thompson. Well, we have been seeing more of him even before Van Vliet got hurt, but now it's it, it's mandatory. You just have to hope, you know, he's coming off an injury himself, so you have to hope that he doesn't get overplayed to where he might suffer another injury down the line.
0: Yeah, hopefully that ankle is all healed. Uh, that was what was going on early in the season, and that hurt taking a little bit of the gas off of Fred Van Vliet and his minutes early in the year. So it's just been a constant you know, issue with, like, you can't take Fred Van Vliet out because – Plus-minus-wise, I mean, he's him and Changun are the best two guys that are playing right now. Tari's the best overall, but Van Vliet is a definite solid number two, and, you know, just been so important. But, you know, one of the things besides Ahmed's minutes, you'd think also this could give more minutes for Cam, and that's been a huge frustration recently for me because just too many games where Cam's played 20 minutes, racked up a point a minute. Steven, I was so angry during the T-Wolves game. The Rockets (laughs) literally couldn't score. The defense— that they were facing ranked right? number one for a reason. Cam struggled with his shot, so Udoka only plays him six minutes in the first half. By the time he comes back late in the third quarter, it's pretty much over. And Steven, if he's cold early, it doesn't matter because we know he can get you like 10 points
1: in four minutes, and he's got that type of mentality too. And we were talking about when we were grading Udoka, we were kind of you know giving him some downgrades on the rotation. And Robert, th- this seems a bit contradictory to me because when Fred Van Vliet, you know, was starting to miss shots, you know, Adoka didn't take him out of the game right away. I mean, just because you're a young guy it doesn't mean that you necessarily have to come out of the game. It obviously depends on what the situation is, but sometimes you need to let the guy stay in there and kind of figure it out. And that's something that I think Cam is, is going to have to do. You know, what's interesting, Robert, I think it was, I want to say it was the Locked On Rockets podcast that I heard this recently. They came up with an interesting name for Cam Whitmore they call him the Keurig. The Keurig provides coffee in an instant. Well, Cam Whitmore is capable of providing instant offense. So I don't know okay. if that name is, nickname is going to stick. But yeah, getting back to your point, I, I think that even when he gets on the floor the first few minutes, misses some shots, he seems to kind of warm up as time goes on. So it's just been a bit contradictory, I think, in the way Udoka has used him compared to somebody like Van Vliet. Yeah, it's frustrating because the thing is the Rockets are
0: so offensive deficient right now. You know, it's Shangoon, and if Shangoon's got it going, that's great. And I'm going to get to Shangoon and his issues a little bit later on. But, you know, if it's not Shangoon, who do you got to go to and just say, hey, we need to get a bucket? Where do you go? Jalen Green looked good for a few games. Then he hits the T-Wolves, and they're just too physical for him. They're too tall, and they're too physical.
1: Yeah, and that may be something that Jalen's going to have trouble with is, you know, the the physical teams like the Timberwolves – is going to slow him down. Yeah, you, you've got to at least have two to three scorers you know, that you can rely on. Shin Goon, you you can't rely on him exclusively. And Jalen Green, you certainly can't rely on him consistently. So that's definitely a problem. If, if the Rockets are going to address something at the trade deadline, you know, they've got the help that they wanted as the backup center, but it's not going to be until next year, of course, with Steven Adams. You know, I wonder, Robert, I did, this thought just occurred to me. I wonder what the Rockets' thought process was about the trade deadline before Van Vliet got hurt. And I wonder how much does that change things? You know, what what are they going to dip into then with, as we're recording this, less than a couple of days out? Yeah, you, you can't
0: change too much because it's really, you need the same things. You need a backup big, which everybody's talked about ad nauseum. And you needed somebody that can handle the ball and that you trusted when Van Vliet went to the bench. Now there's no Van Vliet. So you still need that type of guy. So, you know, there was talk, while well, they need some shooting and stuff like that. The idea for me was get the guy that could handle those minutes and could shoot the ball. Unfortunately, I don't think there's a ton of those guys out there that are being made available. I'll, I'll give you some names down the road, but I, I do want to mention the fact, just another angle on the whole, you know, with Van Bleed out, what's going to happen. And these Ahmed minutes will also give you a big opportunity to see Amen playing with Shane Goon. And I'm right. interested to see their chemistry develop. It's two elite passers for their size on the court at the same time. However, we know you know they can't shoot. Ahmed's cutting to the basket and finishing should give Shangun some easier assists. We haven't seen much of their pick and roll. Can they do something when neither of them can shoot? You at least want to experiment with
1: all of those things, Stephen. Yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely am looking forward to seeing those two on the court together because the chemistry is definitely working. And you talk about a man cutting to the basket and driving with force. I believe it was when you, uh, when you were on with Will the other day and you mentioned Russell Westbrook. You know, and that type of thing. Well, you know, that's where the Russ had the mentality of, hey, nobody can guard me. And he's just gonna cut to that basket. And and that's what Amen's doing. He's obviously very young, but I'm I'm really enjoying seeing some of that too. Some of the things that you're you really start to see as we get
0: more into Amen Thompson and you're seeing more of the minutes, and his confidence was growing and his ability to see where he can get to the basket and how he can get to the basket is once he gets past a guy or can find an angle to get past the guy. That's always the tricky thing because of course they're playing way off him because they know he can't shoot. So once he gets that angle and he can get by them, then he gets up in the air and no one's gonna, you know, block his shot once he gets close to the basket because of his length. And, you know, that that's the real benefit. He's just so athletic, he can do all those different things. And, you know, as he gets more experienced, he'll be better even at finishing around the basket. And I want to see how he's gonna finish, Stephen, because one of the things that if you looked at his numbers in the Uh, elite league or whatever they call that league that he was in. I always forget. But um, if you looked at those numbers, then you saw he wasn't really good. Not as good as you would
1: think around the basket. finishing. Right, right. right. Yeah, that is that is a big deal. And, uh, you know, the shooting, I think it's something that he can work on and develop over time, but it may not be something that you're going to see right away. But if he could develop more of an outside shot, Robert, my goodness, think of how dangerous he could be down the road. I want to ask everybody that's watching and listening (laughs)
0: If you're on YouTube, what do you guys think about Van Vliet's injury and its effect? Let us know in the comments. Make sure to subscribe as well if you haven't already. And if you missed it, Astro's iconic voice, Bill Brown, joined me Monday. We talked about his new book, The 22 Championship. Remember that? You know, that Astros Championship we yeah. just had about a year and a half ago. And then yeah. we talked a little bit about Altuve, Jose Lima, Billy Wagner, Charlie Kerfeld, Ken Caminetti, Larry Anderson. A lot of really fun stories about some of the great characters in Astro's history. Wednesday, We're going to hit Texans free agent running back targets. And Thursday, I've got a Rockets guest to talk about the trade deadline, which is that afternoon. So we should be able to wrap up, and hopefully we've got some trades to talk about. Steven, I'd be shocked, though, if they made a major trade, even with this injury, that Mikhail Bridges deal was the best chance at a big splash. There's just not those names out there, uh, Steven. I mean, there's not guys that you go, okay, oh, he's available. Let's go out and get him. And a lot of these teams that, you know, you would think would be selling are like, no, 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 we want to fight for the play-in, even though we're not going anywhere and we're kind
1: of a mediocre team moving forward. The names that are out there, Robert, you know, the, the teams are really playing hardball. Like we heard about the Mikhail Bridges thing that I, I don't think Brooklyn really wants to trade him. They're looking for something, you know, the pie in the sky trade. So that's the problem you face with the Rockets. And you know, with, I mean, I even heard Jalen Green mentioned with them and I just, I don't know that I would make that trade, honestly, if it were real and if it were involving those two, I don't know that I would do that necessarily. You know, do we really need Mikhail Bridges that much to give up a Jalen Green? You know, I'm almost about to give up on him, but something in me tells me, no, not quite yet. So yeah, I, I just, I don't know that we should expect something huge. You know, the Steven Adams thing kind of came out of left field, especially because you know, it's not going to help us this year. We really need help this year. But I do think moving forward for next year, if Steven Adams really does come back and can play well, he's got that court leadership that a lot of the young guys, and and he's also physical. He can definitely give some teams some some muscle up front. So that's, yeah, it's just going to be interesting in the next couple of days to see what the Rockets do with what they have.
0: Yeah, you talk about Jalen Green and what you're willing to do with Jalen at this point. And really, I I need to be there on a daily basis and talking with Jalen Green, what are they telling him to do that he's not doing? Do they feel like he's got the IQ? Do they feel like he's got the it factor? Do they feel like he's got all of those intangibles that's going to help him make that next step, Stephen? I mean, that's the thing. When you saw these five games where he looked really great, and then, of course, we saw it all stop when that Timberwolves game happened. You know, you thought, okay, that's the flash that we need. That's the corner-turning part. And it's real interesting when all this is happening. Like it's happening all like two or three weeks before the trade deadline, which if you're a rocket front office person, you're like, I don't I don't know what what we have. Like, I, I'm I'm confused by it. I'm not sure. And and that's the point. It's like Mikael Bridges, you look at Miguel Bridges, and by some standards, he's considered a top 35 player. And, and it's worth having a guy like that around. If you don't think Jalen Green is going to be a really good starter for you, like borderline all-star player, then you know, Mikael Bridges, you know, he is one of those borderline all-star players.
1: Yeah, the consistency definitely needs to be there with Jalen. And, you know, the problem is, if, if you're going to trade Jalen Green, the longer you wait, the less value he could probably have, especially if he continues to play inconsistently the way he has been. But, it, you know, it, it's, it's really a dilemma, Robert. And unfortunately, Jalen is making this dilemma by just not playing consistently well. Yeah, and everybody knows around the NBA that
0: you got a guy on his first contract. He's a cheap value asset to to deal for. So that's the problem is like once this year is over with, you've got a year. I think maybe the other team can pick up the fifth year option or the Rockets can pick up the fifth year option. And then that team can can do the deal. But yeah, that's that's really the dilemma. The Rockets are kind of stuck right now. And, you know, it's like, well, if you hold on to him longer, is his value just going to drop? Or could his value go up if you hold on a little bit longer? If But if it goes up, does that make you more convinced that he can be somebody? It's like a whole mess there.
1: Well, and then his
0: play is going to tell the story one way or the other. Also, you talk about the trade deadline. Can they get a point guard like Tyus Jones, DeLon Wright, a couple of guys with the Wizards that probably are available, should be available, or Malcolm Brogdon, which the Trailblazers, the Blazers just saying we're not going to we'll, we'll see if
1: they're going to stick with that. Yeah, I've heard his name mentioned several times, but I, I'm not sure how realistic that would be.
0: Yeah, those guys, you know, can you get them for a second round pick? Maybe you could get Tyus and DeLon Wright. I don't, DeLon Wright, yeah, I don't know if you can get Tyus for a second round pick, but yeah, you want to get those for other capital. You don't want to spend those first round picks,
1: Steven. No, you really don't if you don't have to, unless something just really, you know, something you just couldn't pass up comes along, you know, and as far as your second round picks, You know, they're the the picks down the line is the ones you're going to really be looking at to kind of fill some holes here and there. But, you know, if you had to give up a second round pick for something that would really help the Rockets, then I would probably do that deal.
0: Yeah, second round picks. And, you know, it's just where some of these guys are rated as far as like their value to these teams i mean i i just don't get like why the wizards wouldn't be selling off everything that they have because they just, they just have nothing there there's nothing that's going to happen with this franchise in the next couple of years so i'm interested to see what what they're going to do stephen and and some of these other teams but unfortunately one of the issues with the play-in is you just don't have as many teams in sell mode because they're like oh i still got a chance to make the play in and for an owner you know of a team they just look at it and
1: they go oh okay well that makes it look like we did something this year and and they get excited about it. See, that is the difference, Robert. Honestly, the play-in has affected the trade deadline. And you just mentioned it because teams that normally, if let's say the play-in didn't still exist or didn't exist, a lot of those teams that probably going to make the playoffs, they're not going to, then they're just going to sell off. But now that you have the play-in, they have to stop and pause a little bit because, hey, you get in the play-in, anything can happen, right? So it, it definitely has affected the trajectory of the trade deadline and where it's going. What is the trade deadline, Stephen, now in baseball? Is it the end of July? Is that correct? Yeah, I think it's gone into, yeah, the end of end of July. I think that's when they've had it. Sometimes it's on the 1st of August. So yeah, that's that's it's, about right. It's no longer the end of August, correct? No, I don't think so. I'm pretty sure it's been in July.
0: Yeah, so that to me, you know, and I think they still had deals you could make in August if guys passed through waivers. But to me, you, you look at baseball and it's about two thirds of the way through the season when, the, right. when that trade deadline is. And the NBA, this is one of the things I hate about the NBA, Stephen, is and, and it's the same thing in, in the NFL as it is in baseball. And in, in the NBA, there's like 20 some odd games left. You're well over two-thirds of the season. I would rather see a deadline that was three or four weeks earlier because as a fan, you go, yeah, by the time the trade deadline get, gets there, you know, you don't have anybody that's going to help you much in that regular season. And, and, and that's a frustrating thing for me, Stephen, is if you want your team to improve, like get, getting somebody with 20, 25 games left or
1: something. I mean, it's, it doesn't make that much of a difference in the regular season, at least. Well, you're absolutely right. But guess what? <laughs> if you think the NBA is bad, how about the NHL trade deadline? It's in March, you know, and they're, they're going down the, the real home stretch of their season. So it's even less for them. You kind of have to find out what you have pretty quick before you head into the playoffs in the NHL. But no, you're absolutely right, Robert. It's just if it could be a little sooner, it might even help. Teams figure, well, I don't know, maybe it would actually make it more complicated because with more games to play, teams will really have to figure out well, do we still have a shot at the play in? Or, you know, are we gonna get hot down the stretch? Are we gonna be able to make a move that that's going to make a big difference? Or should we just go ahead and sell off? So I, I don't know. I guess it could go either way. The other thing about all of that
0: is when you do something like this and you move it up, what you're gonna have is you 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 might have teams that you know make trades then that I don't think would, would have made trades later on because at that point they go, yeah, what are we really doing here? We're at the point of no return. And, and you could say, oh, well, the, the trade deadline doesn't mean you can't do it earlier, but we know how it goes, Stephen, in baseball and the NBA. It all gets pushed back because everybody's like, well, I can get more. I can get more. It's that it's that greediness of, of the trade. Yeah,
1: the greediness. And, you know, a lot of these teams, you may kind of wonder, we've talked about, you know, Brooklyn and, you know, the uh, Malcolm Broderick and that sort of Brogdon. And you just wonder how many of these teams are really posturing just to see what they can get before the trade deadline. and But by the trade deadline, they, they're going to cave in and say, okay, okay, well, we'll take something for him because we're obviously not going to be – we're not going to have a chance this season. So it's an interesting thing to ponder. A little thing I have on
0: Shangoon before we uh, close things out. i got a couple other things, but the, the Shangoon is something that bothered me a little bit after watching the T-Wolves game. Well, he, he stunk. That was a problem. <laughs> uh, it was both ends, offense and defense. I love Shangoon, but he can't let his offense – affect his defense. It happens way too much. I also need him to not roll out the red carpet to the rim so much on these pick and rolls. He gets so paranoid about giving up the lob pass, he gives the ball handler an easy layup line bucket way too often, at least make the offense have to make one more pass and hope you can get weak side help, which the Rockets aren't always great in. Jalen Green, I'm talking to you. Uh, <laughs> Steven, it's tougher than ever to be a center in the NBA, but if Shangun wants to be a star, it's about consistency
1: and defense. Absolutely. Consistency and defense. That is the name of the game. And, you know, there are still aspects of his game, as, as great of a season as Shingun has had, there's still aspects of his game that he definitely needs to work on. You know, maybe that's some of the reasons that he did not get selected for the All-Star team because, you know, there it's going to make a big difference, I think, not just this season, but moving forward. You know, how much is Ime Odoka going to be able to turn Shingun into a real superstar and the players that you put around him too, you know, how much can they help? But yeah, the pick and roll thing is an issue and the defense is so much needed. I know the Rockets were first in defense at one point. Now, I think what they're seventh, you know, it still isn't bad, but it it's definitely tapered off the last few weeks. So if he can get better in those two aspects of his game and get more consistent with the offense, man, the sky's the limit for this guy. Speaking of defense, one of the guys that's
0: really improved this year and is was having a great year and then he got injured and I don't think he's been the same on both ends of the court. Jabari Smith, Steven, I just feel like he isn't quite a hundred percent since the injury. We really haven't seen him do much outside of that. That first game back, we came on, we praised him. He had a great game against the Lakers, but then since then, it's just, you know, it's been a real struggle for him. And you know, that's another key if they're going to make this push Late in the season, we got to see the Jabari Smith that we saw before that injury.
1: Yeah, talk about a momentum buster. I mean, he was he was going so well when the season began and looked, you know, at last year he just looked better and better as the season went on, and he was really starting to come into his own this year. So you just hope that – you hope it's just the injury that he's taking some time to bounce back. Although, you know, that first game back he was going gangbusters. Maybe it was just the, the mental thing of, oh, I'm so glad to be back on on the floor. You were kind of playing over your head a little bit but he definitely needs to get it together because the Rockets certainly need him down the stretch. Yeah. Let me just point this out. This is one last thing before we close out. I I just got to
0: talk about what I've seen up on social media and everybody kind of going after Rafael stone. What an idiot he's trying to trade Jalen green for Mikhail bridges and that package. A couple of things. Number one, the trade didn't happen. It hasn't happened. It hasn't. You you can't get mad because you saw a (laughs) report that they were going to do it. I'm not doubting. The guys that were reporting on it, good reporters, and so on. But it didn't happen. And, and it might have fallen through because they, in the end, they just said, well, we don't want to trade Jalen. And, 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 and I'm not a Stone fan, but let's just make that point. Number two, um, forget about Raf- Rafael Stone for a second. The Rockets, since Udoka has taken over, Stephen, the Rockets have done what he wants done. He didn't want James Harden. Stone, I think, wanted James Harden. And when he came in, he's like, no, I want Van Vliet. So guess what? Van Vliet's here. He wanted Dylan Brooks. He's here. He wanted Brooke Lopez. He's here. So if you think that Udoka wants Jalen Green, loves Jalen Green, you know, is a Jalen Green supporter, let me just say, if they were talking about trading him and they did it or they were seriously going to do it, then that's about Udoka making the final call that Jalen's not the guy, not Rafael Stone. I promise you
1: that. Well, Brooke Lopez, you didn't get Brooks, but I, I see your point. And you know what? Hats off to Udoka for being able to have the influence over Rafael Stone, if that is indeed the case, that he's getting to call some of the shots of who he wants on his bench and in his lineup. You know, compare that to when Steven Silas was here. You know, hey, Ime Udoka, it's not a long track record, but he does have a track record for success. Steven Silas obviously did not. So that's a big key. And and getting back to your comment about Rafael Stone and the trade that wasn't made, look, if those reports were accurate, then you got to give Rafael Stone some credit if he really indeed did stand up and say, you know what, We're, that's not enough. If you want me to trade Jalen Green, you got to give me something better than that. So in a way, you got to give him credit for not just pushing the button or, you know, the panic button or a knee jerk reaction and trading Jalen Green for someone who, you know, just, just may not be, you could get somebody worth more than that. So I honestly think that you probably, you know, take some kudos to Raphael Stone if that's indeed what took place.
0: Well, we don't know who turned down who, but I will say this much. If the Rockets brought up Jalen Green in the trade and that was the deal and it didn't happen, my guess is the Nets have tried to make that public. Meaning the Nets want it out there that right. look at look at us. We we were offered this incredible package. You're gonna have to really knock us over to get Mikhail Bridges out of our
1: cold dead hands, so to speak. Yeah, there's always this gamesmanship going on. I mean, it's not unusual. And, you know, you see it in baseball free agency, the NFL free agency. Well, you see it in trade deadlines, too, that teams kind of posture, you know, throw stuff out there to get people talking, you know, just to see what will happen at the end. All right. Well, let's wrap this one up. And like I said,
0: remember, we got a show coming out each of the next two days. More Rocket stuff for sure on Thursday. Got a guest and we're going to get into whatever they do at the trade deadline. And hopefully, like I said, hopefully we'll have something to talk about. If not, we're going to tell you you know, what,
1: what they didn't do and maybe yeah. what they could have done. It'll be big news if they don't do anything. You'll still have enough to talk about. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and, you know, we'll, we'll have other Rockets conversation as well. And at least we'll have one game that we can talk about, you know, as far as the, the, the you know, no Van Bleet era, I guess you would call it. No Fred. So, yeah, we got all that going on. But thanks for joining us and uh, stay tuned. Keep subscribing. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. Hey, don't forget to support us by subscribing and commenting on YouTube. You can always listen to us on Spotify, Apple, or your favorite podcast app. Tell your friends about us and share our show links on social media. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening.